Hey everyone, this is Greg. And before we start the podcast, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. Our first sponsor is Cloud MLX from, you guessed it, Lone Wolf Technologies. Your MLS system needs a dust off, an upgrade, a fresh perspective. With Cloud MLX, the creative team at Lone Wolf have done just that. It's a redo under the premise, what if I could search my MLS like Google? You don't need to replace your existing MLS system software. Just provide Cloud MLX as the easy MLS search solution to your members. They will love you for it. Check out Cloud MLX and the rest of the Cloud Agent Suite at cloudagentsuite.com. Also, I'm very excited to announce from Rob Hahn, the Notorious ROB, comes the Notorious VIP. As a Notorious VIP member, you'll get exclusive access to Rob's intelligent analysis, written and audio commentary, plus op-ed style articles. The Notorious VIP is a monthly or yearly subscription for those in the industry that want to go a few levels deeper. So please sign up at notorious-rob.com. I'll put a link to both sponsors in the show notes. Also, if any of our listeners are interested in sponsoring the Industry Relations Podcast, please drop me a line at gregrobertson at gmail.com. Hey, thanks again for listening. And now on with the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Industry Relations with Rob and Greg. This is your co-host, the notorious Rob Han, and I'm looking at the lovely mean and handsome hair of my co-host, Greg Robertson. How are you, Greg? Oh, hola, Rob. Hola. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'm not having as good a hair day as I did the other day, but I appreciate it. Here's the thing, man. I think at this point, we're just doing audio podcasts, so no one can tell. But yeah, you know, true. yeah, no, it is beautiful. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so how are you? How's how are things in uh, sunny Southern California? It's beautiful out here. I mean, it's a it's a nice little crisp, sixty five degrees. That's right. The sun is out. I mean, uh, what about Vegas? Vegas is sort of the same, although it's a little bit chillier over nights than I care for because mm-hmm. I live in the desert for a reason. I don't want cold like at yeah. all. I just want to like baking, bake me. Put it Thank in the you. oven, turn it on, but it's coming. And you have a meetup coming up soon, right? I just had it. It was last week. It was last week. Okay. Yeah, so we had I a great it. time. We had a lot. We was our, it was my, I called it the o, Orange County Prop Tech Mixer. Right on. Had about 35 people show up. Right on. Um, so I had a lot of great industry guys, you know, from Realogy, from Byside, from some people from Lone Wolf came over, from uh, Sisu, from First American. Wow. From... Yeah, lots of people. It was just, uh, it was great to get together. I kind of put it together because Inman got canceled. Sure. Right. In New York. And I'm like, oh, I was so looking forward to getting out of the house. Yeah. And then I said, shit, I'm just going to, I'm going to take matters in my own hands. And uh, we held it at the Boss Cat Libations, Kitchen yeah. Libations yeah. in uh, Newport. And, yeah, good uh, place. You know, first time I ever did anything like that. So I was really happy how, how it got put together. Some people from CRMLS came over too. Mm-hmm. Some people from List Reports came over. From follow up boss, so you know, there's a lot of uh, nice more than you'd think of are a lot of companies in Orange County. So I'm um, telling you, man, we got to do that lobby con thing. Yeah, that's too. Yeah, you know, yeah. we like that's right. We just live uh, industry you know relations. What? There's a lot. One of my favorite lobby bars is in Orange County at the Monarch Beach Hotel. Okay, they got the longest bar you've ever seen. It just a be- overlooks the damn um, golf course. Uh, yeah. Just, beautiful down there but yeah. yeah we should just like almost like a flash mob we just like you know we say here it is and everybody show up right 
I wonder what the hotel would say about that, though. You know, like if we showed up all day and just hung out with a credit card, I think they'd be okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it's also in California. So, you know. Oh, God. Yeah. But we could have it in Nevada. We could have it in Phoenix. We could have it in Arizona. I'm I'm, I'm down. I'm down for the get down for sure. That's right. So if you are listening, let us know. Like we've been talking about this for a couple of years now that, you know, we should have an actual, like Greg should organize a conference. Yeah, well, this is a small one for sure, more of a mixer. Um, Correct. I can say I will, you know, use this to kind of plug a couple things. I'll be speaking at the Texas Association Realtors Conference on the 12th of February. So going down there to give it kind of an industry update. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be at CoreLogic MLS Executive um, Workshop in Scottsdale. So that'll be, I think, the week of the 16th or the 15th of February. So kind of a back-to-back thing. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, those are the two kind of this month, at least. I know I've got a event coming up I'm excited about, which is NARPM, the uh, property manager conference. Oh, okay, good. You know, that'll be, that'll be fun. And I think it's like March 17th. No, it's uh, March 27th through the 29th. And I think I'm speaking on the 28th. Now, did I just see you in like a podcast with uh, Tom Ferry? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah what that was, was that fun. all about? I didn't, I didn't listen to it yet. It was fun. I mean, he was here in town. Uh, it's like, let's talk about you know these big issues. Like, I would love to, and it just worked out great. So it was he was here in town at uh, having his event. So I just showed up. We recorded. Uh, it was it was a blast, man. Oh yeah. My, so- my only bad is like Jason. I think is a super smart guy, but between. Tom and me, I felt like he couldn't really get a word in edgewise. <laughs> <laughs> I know how that is. I know. So I'm like, next time we just like the two of us should just interview Jason, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, shout outs to, uh, to Tom and Jason and that whole crew. I didn't realize Tom had moved to Texas. I guess like Joe Rogan, man, he, he had to escape attacks. I, 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 he was like the most California guy I knew other than you. So I'm figuring you're next. So if I hear that Greg Robertson is moving to Texas, I'd be like, that's it. Listen, you know, I, if I was supposed to, if I was going to move to Texas, it would have been before this acquisition. Believe me. So I'm, I've already paid the piper. So <laughs> it's true enough. But uh, so today it's just the you and me, which is great because it's been a while. Yeah. Right. You know, we usually have guests and or oftentimes have had guests recently. Uh, and we want to, as a result, engage some theoretical stuff. Well, I guess, you know, to me, first of all, I think this is uh we're getting on a consistent schedule. So Which congratulations is to you, Rob, on that. Congratulations and to then, you. You're um, the one with the corporate gig. Yeah, know. yeah. Working for the man. <laughs> but I've been really pleased with the amount of discourse that's been happening after each one of the yeah. um, uh the last, you know, two yeah. or three that we've done. So, I mean, we, you know, uh, there's a little pressure there, too, I think. Um, well, I mean, let's face it, man. We've been kind of killing it the last yeah. couple. Uh, the I think so. One. I mean, maybe it's, we had guests. That's why. And the guests were great, <laughs> right? We, the the yeah. appraisal with Nick, I thought was fascinating because yeah. that's an ang- area that we don't really talk about a whole yeah. lot. You know, so, yeah. I mean, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get more real experts on to talk about various, various things. Yeah, for sure. But uh, in the meantime, though, I think we want to talk about our favorite. <laughs> oh okay our favorite yeah. okay I can, i've got a lot of favorites in my head here yeah which is the, kind of the the mls right sure yeah yeah man we had so many topics and it's just well, i think to me mind. it was like i think where we wanted to kind of focus was on privacy and real estate, correct right yeah correct because it's all yeah. connected to the mls thing so the, the context is this and this is like a kind of a long story but this is the way my mind works right 
so recently there was a little you know news release that VHT and Zillow had they had a a, a judgment. Yeah. Right. So Zillow's going to pay them, I think, like two million dollars, you know, for photo copyright violation, et cetera. So it sent me down this like rabbit hole about photos and real mm-hmm. estate data. And you know, as you know, I wrote that giant thing about real estate photography a couple of years ago. But here's the thing, man. Like at the same time, we're seeing a lot of these privacy legislation regulation coming out from like the European Union. California, I know, has a a new legislation around you know like website privacy. Yeah. We know about big tech. I think you had mentioned Facebook, you know, yeah. Meta, uh, whatever the fuck they're called now, you know, having the worst earnings like in a real long time. Yeah, do the ATT problem, yeah. um, you know, policies of Apple. Yeah. yeah. So this is a topic that gets talked about once in a while, and I just thought it would be cool for you and me to talk about this. Which is, I'll, let's let's put it this way: let's start with the question of who owns the data about a house, right? Right. So. Start with where the industry is today, right? Today, the understanding is that the listing broker owns the data. Well, it's a complicated question, right? Very. And (laughs) and I'm I'm not sure exactly if it's really the data of the house, but also the most important data or information you want to know about houses, the status of like the occupants and their mindset of like, are they going to be there another year? They want to sell it in two months, right? If you look at like, if I can go to First American by tax log list of, mm-hmm. of homes, who owns that data, right? Right. There's a lot of sources of getting real estate data out there. Right. Um, and as far as who owns the canonical, I, I don't think there is such a thing, right? I mean- I know, but it's, that's what I mean. So this is an interesting area and it, it interfaces with the conversation we have with Nick. You know, we said the most accurate data set out there today is the Fannie Mae universal appraisal data set. Yeah. Right. What that then raises is who owns it? It's called Fannie Mae. Something, so, presu- right? right. So, presumably, Fannie Mae will say, We own this data, right? Well, well they that's- own that compilation of all the different data sources. One would assume that, right? Yeah. But so, that, do they own the individual record? And here's the context this is coming up okay. in. You and I both know that MLSs like, often get requests from people who will say, I bought this home, right? Now I want all the photos taken off. Sure. Right. We know Zillow gets this request all the time. We know agents get this. And then there's sometimes it gets, you know, a little bit kind of acrimonious, right? Because they'll start blaming their agent, the listing agent. Like, what, what do you mean? Like, what the hell? Like, why is this information off? And sold data, right? Who owns what? It's a little bit more complicated than we had originally thought. So the question, I guess, is number one, you know, maybe we could bring on, you know, I don't know, like Mitch. Right, Skinner right. to talk about who actually what's the actual legal, right? But maybe the more interesting question is who should own it? What does it look like maybe in the future, right? As some of these things coalesce. So start there. Yeah. So I mean, let's go back to your one of your examples, right? So I'm a home seller. I listed with a broker. That's right. The house sold. The house was listed. It went on to Zillow and it went on to Trulia and and homes.com and realtor.com everywhere yep. everywhere mm-hmm. and people got to look at it and you know and within a month's time it was it was sold right right and the, oh wow. so let's let's make this even more like okay there's a matterport so there's a yeah, 3d sure. walkthrough of yeah, the home absolutely there's a floor plan right, right. or there's okay. an you know an agent with their smartphone doing right. a zillow you know the app, right thing, but the right? point is there's like a 3d walkthrough of the home yeah okay yeah. Okay, so you have all that, and then I've yep. sold it, right? So yep. 
it's done its job or whatever. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of anything where a seller can go to their, their broker and say, okay, it's sold. I, I like that personal information. I'd like that map you've laid out for a serial killer to come in my home and and stab me and my wife in bed to be exactly. removed from the internet, right? And I, exactly. I don't think, I can't imagine a broker having a problem taking that off. Can you imagine what the seller would say to their friends? It's like, listen, I, I work with this broker and then I wanted this thing removed well, and they wouldn't do it. I mean, that wouldn't be a good situation, a good situation for the broker to kind of explain to future clients or even if he got that potentially. But let's be more a little bit more detailed about this, right? Because it's very, very rarely, if ever going to be the seller, it's going to be the new owner, right? So it's going to be the buyer, right? Yeah. Okay. Who came good on, point. Good point. who did the walkthrough, who saw all the interior photos, saw all that, said, oh, I love this home. They went and toured it. They go, okay, great. Here's my $2 million or whatever it is. And now no, I bought it. Point. Now I own it. Yeah. Right. Now here's the thing: that buyer has no relationship with the listing agent. If and in theory, a, if it wasn't, yeah, yeah, correct. Right. It's assuming it was the normal yeah. transaction deal, right? right? So the listing broker, whose client was the seller, right, did his job, sold the home. Under the current understanding of the industry, that listing broker goes, "Look, I own the listing. It's my data. Let's just simplify this. Let's say he paid." Matterport and he paid the photographers as a work for hire. So he actually owns it, right? right. It's not a license. Okay. Right. He says, it's my, it's my stuff. It's my property. I don't know you. You're the buyer. Congratulations to the home. But I own this stuff. And if I want to sell it, if I want to keep it on Zillow, if I want to leave it in the MLS, my decision, right? Obviously, we can see the conflict. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Then there's this concern around privacy, right? And the interesting thing about that, but, but is, the, what's the get for the the seller agent? It says he has a just listed or just sold property he can promote. Mm -hmm. If it's a great looking property, he can show. Look at this wonderful listing that I sold, mm -hmm. and he wants to promote that as as long as possible as being a representation of his yep. selling proudness, right? That, right, right, right. Sure. So it's just it's on a marketing thing. But I mean, as I said, I mean some of these things are straight up creepy. You know, the, these no videos doubt. the agents wake, you know, make, if you added some like, cha, 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 choo, 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 you know, that, that's kind of like Jason, you know, horror movie kind of whatever. And you took out the agents like narrative. It would look like, you know, yeah, like one of those scary movies. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they're just walking in like, OK, let me show you how to get to my daughter's bedroom. Right. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Um, there's real concerns there. I mean, there's, there's absolutely real concerns. Yeah. Right? I mean. You would hope that there'd be some common sense that could prevail here. I just yeah. don't know if that's the case. You well, know? Let's, let's come back to it. So the first <laughs> thought I had was, all right, so what exactly happens, right? So one of the things when I went into then, deep dive, photographers, right. just general photographers, you know, it turns out there's all this like law around photography and privacy, right? So meaning if you're a photographer, you're walking along the Las Vegas Strip, you take a picture of a couple kissing on the strip, okay? Like you don't need permission from them. You don't need anything because they're out in public. So the legal idea is when you're in the public, man, you don't have any expectation of privacy. If you decide you want to make out with your, your fiance and some photographer walks by and takes a picture of you, you can't be like going up to a photographer, hey, you don't take my picture. You know, you can't monetize that photo. No, you're out in public, right? However, if you're doing that in a private place, then things get more complicated, right? 
So there's all this notion around that and the difference in editorial usage and commercial usage. We're not going to get into that. What I was thinking, though, was this idea of as a photographer, even though you created the work, no, no one questions you are the creator, you have the copyright. The privacy concerns will sometimes enter and force you to go get a release from the person that you took a photo of, right? And to be on the safe side, you know, if you've ever been to like um, some of the events, we have to sign a waiver. Correct. You have to sign a waiver. Image using exactly. image being used in a promotional exactly. capacity. Exactly. And as a speaker, you know, that's something I have to sign all the time. Hey, yeah, you have the right to use my image. You have the right to use this video. All of that stuff. Okay. With a home, the question became: obviously, you have a privacy interest in your own likeness. Do you have that interest in a home, in a property, just because right. you own it? And then there's this whole other well, Google Maps, right? I mean, you exactly, know, right? That kind of stuff. So right? I guess in theory, we have to say the outside of the home, it's public. Yeah. It's by very nature, it's public, right? So if somebody, uh, Google drives by your property and takes a bunch of photos of the outside of your home, too bad, so sad, right? It is what it is. The inside of the home, though, do you yeah. have some sort of some sort of right? And I feel like common sense, morally, we go, of course you do. It's your freaking home, right? Now, I'm going to pull out a word that my father was a, uh, he was an ATF agent for a lot of years. And after mm -hmm. he retired, he became a private investigator. And I remember um, we shot a video of like, you know, how to be a private investigator, kind of we did. Right. And one of the things he talked about was, uh, the, the word was curtilage. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think that's more of a legal term of like, you know, the roads within or right. the area around surrounding a, a house. And like, right. as a private investigator, as maybe even a paparazzi or something that the house had a curtilage that you could not, you know, that you could not enter or mm -hmm. photograph or do something from. Right. So I think right. there are some, some laws or something that talks about, can you be on the sidewalk and take a picture? Can you take a picture of somebody inside the window of their house? Right, right. You know, they're, they're, it gets I complex. Think it gets yeah. complex for sure, yeah. Yeah. But the idea, the legal idea behind a lot of this is notion of expectation of privacy. Right. Right. So obviously, if... So one of the, one of the interesting cases around it is uh, drones. Right. Right. So at least in Nevada, I saw this legislation that if you fly a drone below 400 feet above someone else's property, you can get in trouble. Hmm. But if it's over 400 feet, you can't. Yeah, interesting. Right? Again, is there a curtilage of airspace, right? right. So that 400 yeah. feet would be the curtilage. Yeah. So yeah. what I was thinking was, all right, we know cameras are getting better and better, right? So imagine some dude with a drone flying a thousand feet over your house. So clearly outside of the curtilage but has some really amazing Zoom cameras and they're taking photos of your wife and children sunbathing in the backyard. Right. Dude, that's creepy as fuck. Yeah. Right. I don't think any of us would say, oh, no, that's okay. Right? Yeah. And yet, the question that we go, do you have some expectation of privacy? Right? In your backyard, I think you would. I right? think you but, would too. Yeah. But I mean, what I, about know, I know my son, house? I bought my son a drone and we were doing some, he's on a, for his high school, he does Bolt TV, which is like their video production department. And we were going to go out and take some drone footage. And the drones nowadays, they have built in things where they will not fly. Uh huh. If the GPS, it's been fed some sort of coordinates 
from some government agency right. so that you can it will not go in a place or you cannot launch it if yeah. you're within the GPS coordinates of that place. Like the no-fly zones or whatever. Yeah, yeah. or something. It's cool. I, it was right. really tricky. I, I didn't even realize that. I mean, I don't right. think you could ever get it to set over households or something. Yeah. That's that's kind of a... Or maybe, maybe there's a ceiling there, but yeah, I mean, I, I haven't thought of that before at all. Right. And and it's just a, like weird thing. Again, I'm not saying you and I have any answers, but that's why I thought think well, it's the, interesting to talk about. Yeah. At least... For our people, why? Because we're in the real estate industry, right? So everything we deal with is property, houses, curtilage, you know, land, all this stuff, right? We know that real estate agents are using drone photography in a big way. We yeah. know that they're using the technology, like the 3D walkthroughs, Floor which players. is awesome, right? Yeah. So it's there's a lot of benefit to it for the buyer. The issue becomes, all right, now we've flipped. It is no right. longer on the market. It's somebody's home, right? Right. What makes it even more complicated for me, as I was trying to think through it, is we have such a thing as public records, right? So a lot of the details about my house, right, is public record. <laughs> right. But I think, I don't think, I, I don't think the public records is necessarily the problem. It's because the resolution of that data really isn't that high, right? That's just surface level. And, and this is, gets back to our conversation with, um, you know, uh, I forget his name, the appraiser we had on last week. Uh, Nick. Nick, yeah. Nick. Totally yeah. cool. Yeah, Nick was very cool. It's when you get higher resolution, when you get the floor plan, mm-hmm. when you get the walkthrough videos, all that kind of stuff, which right. is what agents are doing and, and you know, uh, home inspectors and everything else. That's when you get into kind of trouble because then, I mean, I hate, I keep going back to this, but it, it reminds me of that, um, that Red Dragon movie, right? Where they, they found out the, the, the serial killer. Right. The way that he actually found his victims is he worked for a film development. Oh, okay. Uh, and he would develop the home movies of people right. in their homes. I and mean, he knew that they had a dog and they had right. a lock. Right. And they had, you know, the right. backyard was here and right. the kid's room was on the left-hand side of the hallway. Right. 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 And that's how they kind of figured out like how this guy was. He knew everything when he got to the house. I mean, it's, right. it's scary stuff for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's the resolution of that data that that I think from us, I don't know the public records data is going to give you much as far as, you know, other privacy. And maybe I'm focusing more on these criminal activities than what you're saying as far as privacy is concerned. But well, look, know. but criminal activity is obviously a part of it, right? What I'm just finding sort of interesting is when you have public records, is there any expectation of privacy? Right. Right. So, for example, can I then as the new homeowner, right, have some ability to go and tell even public records, you know what? I don't want the square footage like public. It's well, my I mean, house. There's, there's states that have non-disclosure Non-disclosure, states, right? correct. Yeah. Now I can go to the tax record site and put an address in and find out a lot about on the, correct. On the county site for, correct. for sure, right? For that matter, I mean, we know with the way that public records work, you could get a lot of information around somebody's mortgage. Sure. Right, which gives you a ton of information about the financial and all the... But point being, all of this public records, the MLS captures some more detailed info than the public records. But here's my argument is once the MLS, it's not private, that's public, right? Because you know some of these MLS have 90,000 members. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, it's not private anymore when 90,000 people can look. Yeah. Uh, however, that's kind of where, where I was going with this. Right? Well, so let, let's go another facet of privacy too. Yeah. Because I hear this all the time from vendors, right? And this goes back to what you're talking about on Facebook, where Apple has made some changes where, you know, that the data that they serve up right. cannot be 
aggregated by different vendors. Like, you know, in the past, I guess Facebook could find out a whole lot of you just from you using Apple devices on there. Right. But now they kind of shield that. And what that's doing is a lot of companies, mostly gaming companies at this point, would like, they could go to Facebook as a one-stop shop of like getting a social graph, knowing you clicked on this, knowing you bought this. I mean, just a lot of information and then serve up these ads to get you to buy more games or, you know, to do other things. And now that that kind of information is going away and that's right. kind of hit their oh yeah. You know, hit yeah. their revenue numbers. But but yeah. that also those things not only affect like, you know, I'm hearing from a lot of uh, real estate vendors that, you know, the cost per leads are going way up for these same issues are hitting problems with gathering more information for, you know, uh, potential sellers or potential buyers okay. is okay. also being shielded and that's causing the price to go up and they're having to find new ways of finding that information out. Right. So, yeah. And that all relates back to privacy, right? Yeah. A lot of times magazines, they don't really make money off the magazines. They make a lot of money selling your name. Oh, you bought guns and ammo. This is, right. means that, you know, the rifle and shotguns magazine is going to love you. Let me, that's right. Let me let that's them right. know and I'll sell that list to them. Right. And then so, related, like it turns out there's probably a big overlap between people who own guns and ammo and people want to buy four by four trucks. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Whereas Honda Prius, I mean, not Toyota Prius, not, not a whole lot of overlap. Not so much. Yeah. Not so yeah. much. So yeah, it's incredibly valuable, but this goes right into kind of one of the things I've been just mulling over my head. Right. So take, for example, Compass. Their whole business proposal years ago when they launched was this idea of we want to be the absolute best brokerage in the world for agents, right? We're going to just make the agent's life way easier. But our business plan is to create like this ecosystem, right? With the agent at the center of it. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be all this information, all these opportunities, you know, whether it's moving companies, utility companies, telephone, because we have all this data from the agent who has these amazing relationship and it's been inside the home and all of this stuff. And we can create this ecosystem and make sure that our agent gets a piece of that ecosystem. This was like a big part of their pitch. Okay. Now overlay these privacy concepts. Yeah. Now overlay this idea of who actually owns the data about my home. Yeah. Right. Do I own it? Because that doesn't, that concept doesn't exist. Right. At the same time, I know like Sonny, my wife, our producer, the lovely and talented. <laughs> For the longest time, I know one of her big things has been, shouldn't the homeowner have some sort of right to control what is known about the home? This isn't a legal, this is a today thing. This is more of a should. I'm kind of torn on that. Right? There's a part of that feels like, of course, you know, if it's your home, you should be able to control what is known about it. On the other hand, it's that whole, do you have any expectation of privacy not about like you in the home, but about the home itself. I'll give you an example. Type of appliances right. that your home has, right? Because I do think it makes a difference. Do you have Wolf or do you have, you know, inexpensive? You know, that, that sort of thing could make a difference. Wolf, wolf or Frigidaire, right? Correct. <laughs> yeah. That data, does the homeowner have some sort of privacy right where he's able to say, you know what? I don't want that stuff out there. Well, it's like you said, it's a timing thing because a seller might want oh, you to course, know. Of course. Right? But, but, that's but when that transfer when that when Correct. that transaction happens, it's a it's a whole different ballgame for Correct. sure. Correct. Yeah. It's it's and it's again one of these things that I know the MLS come in the middle of it, right? Because you could easily see, you know, the seller, the listing agent doing the right thing, doing 
the right thing say hey this home designer appliances wolf and you know whatever uh, you know whatever high end stuff right and there's professional concerns here i mean just you know and again maybe cuz it's like that old thing when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail, but like CMAs, right? It's <laughs> That's like, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, let's say that a house sold six months ago and I'm doing a, an, another home in the neighborhood and I want to show that as a comp. And I remember that house, the kitchen was really redone. But if those all those photos were removed, right, and I can't really go back and see that right. because of some issues, right? it's going to affect how people value homes. Exactly. Giving accurate values, right? Exactly. So, so on a professional basis, right, that can kind of um, cause some problems. Right. So from a professional CMA level, you want all of this data to be usable, to be public right. somehow. Well, it does not, I, don't, I don't say public, right? It can be on the MLS and not be public, right? It's not, you know, uh, it, yeah, of course. Did how many members does CRMLS have? Well, of 100,000. I mean, but, you know, I'm just saying it's not on a public-facing website, all right? Again, like hundred thousand is not public. <laughs> I mean, that's not private. Well, the platform itself is, uh, you know. Sure. I, I understand your. Point. <laughs> you understand my point, right? It's 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 hardly private. So the way I look at it, it's like if, you know, if there's some photo of you taking a shower and only ten thousand people got to see it, that's not private. No one, you're not going to be like, oh, that's fine. Only ten thousand people could see it. You know, like it's no, <laughs> that's not private. But I get what you're getting at, and that's my point. So much of our infrastructure, so much of the company, so many of the prop tech. I mean, think about Open Door. Or, you know, their business is fucked if there's no data available, right, about sold records because the homeowner's like, I don't want any of this displayed anywhere, right? Sure, I mean, but I, again, it's the fidelity, the resolution of that data, correct. right? Of what, what's correct. all? I mean, they can get a lot of data a lot of different places. It's just correct. That high fidelity, but that's today. What I'm what I'm talking about is okay. But let's just think this through. If the idea is that a homeowner, that that's really the question, right? Do you, as a homeowner, have some ownership right, some privacy concern about what is known about your home, not about you, about your property, right? This is something that's real. I mean, and I like I said, man, I did a deep dive a little bit, not a deep dive. I did a shallow dive. I looked at this a little bit, and I can't see any court cases. I can't see any doctrine. I can't see any academic papers around this idea of, does the owner of a piece of property have some sort of right you know, in being able to control what is known about that property? Not about him, about the property. Well, I mean, there could be, I'll throw a couple of things out there. I mean, yeah, it's an yeah. asset, right? So at one point, Somebody, you might want to sell that asset, right? So anything we're talking about now could be this period of time. I don't want anybody to know about it. Right, right. At some period, you're, you you might want you to do. because you want to sell that asset. Sure. The other thing is that there are some physical things you can do, right? So, okay, you don't want anybody to know about your house. Plant some tall trees. Right. Put up a, a tall fence. Right. I mean, there's things that you could do from a, uh, put a, a big tarp on it. So nobody can, no drone can come down there, right? Right. So if you, there's there's things that they could do from a physical in the physical world also to kind of alleviate any privacy concerns, right? Right. Um, you could get in there and gut the house completely, not let anybody know, so that they don't know that you know. I mean, so that's I mean that's, <laughs> that's a kind bit, of extreme, right? <laughs> well, it's very extreme. But I'm just trying to think of like, I mean, are there? You know, it's not impossible. Yeah, there's one listing I saw recently that really made me. 
I, I guess this is probably the origin of like why I started kind of thinking about it a little bit. And then I did the shallow dive recently. So it's a listing I saw in Utah. Beautiful home. Beautiful home. I always say it's like million to, you know, lovely home, foyer, the whole thing, you know, designer, whatever, appliance everywhere. And then in the description, it says safe room. Right on. Right. And there's a photo of the safe room. And I'm like, okay, that's amazing. But as a buyer, like I, I would be interested in, in that. Once you own it though. Yeah, you don't want anybody to know that. You don't want anybody knowing you have a safe room. You don't want anybody knowing, right, what that safe room looks like, where it's located. You don't want that floor plan published. You don't want that. But it's data. Yeah. It's dude, it was one of those things I'm like, we've never dealt with it. It's never really come up. Right. On the other hand, we're dealing with a lot of these privacy issues around big tech. Why? Because the big tech has gotten to a point where they know too much about us. Right, like Sonny and I, we don't have Alexa in the house. We used to. We had four of them, and we're like, "This is creepy as fuck." <laughs> <laughs> we just got rid of them, right? We know, like, you know, our phones are just listening to us at all times. I get it. And even then, I think a lot about like, I'm so glad that Apple is doing what they're doing, right, with some of the anti-tracking stuff. Yeah. And because, yeah, I don't want Facebook to know everything, right? So these things are coming up now, and I do feel like where this ends up interfacing with our industry is most definitely in the MLS. And I know that they've been struggling with photo issues for a while now, right? For a while, right. And and there have been... um, And then there's this chain, right? So think about this. The new homeowner calls the agent, right? Says, hey, uh, I saw the photo of my safe room on Zillow. Please take that off. Yeah. Agent calls the MLS. MLS says, okay, sure, we'll take it off. Then the... MLS has contact Zillow or Truly or some website say, hey, well, you need to take those photos off. Obviously, Zillow is going to be pretty good about complying with something like that. Not every website is. Then you have sold records. So it's like, to your point, we can't get rid of sold data, right? Because that allows in CMAs. It allows for yeah. all this stuff. Okay. On Redfin, if you go sign up for the VOW on the back end, you can see sold photos. Yeah. You can see sold data records. What do we do about that? Can the homeowner then say, no, 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 take it off of everything, including sold? I've got to believe there's going to be some of our listeners in the, who are MLS vendors have probably dealt with this, dealt with it. And there's policies in place that like right. after five years, after four years, after four months, or at, if you get a seller to fill out this form or buyer, I guess in your case, as you talk about to fill out this form, then we will do this. Right, it will, it will be taken off any syndication feeds, but but still available on the. I mean, I'm sure there's there's got to be some. I'd be interested to hear from MLS lawyers too, right? Because yeah. I'm sure they've had to deal with this. Yeah, you know, and yeah. So it then leads to, let's say the MLS says no. Let's say the listing broker says, "I own this data." No, I'm getting paid. Somebody is paying me for this 3D walkthroughs, so I own it. It's my right. I'm going to sell it. Right. The MLS says, "I mean." What do you do with that? Is there a liability that attaches because somebody's 3D, you know, home is now available as a 3D walkthrough? So the uh, the robbery invasion, home invasion robbery gang, all they have to do is hire a realtor to go look up sold records. And do you know what I'm saying? Like it gets no, crazy. Totally. No, they right? just go to, you know, if it's if it's an active listing, I mean the 
then, then, yeah, exactly. and, and, and they'll have somebody walking them through the house before they go on there, man. It's like they'll right. they'll be more prepared than SEAL Team Six going into right. Baghdad, right? But but with an active listing, I think you could just assume, look, the seller is granting, right? They're making yeah. it public because they want to sell it. The new buyer, though, the new homeowner right. is where this this is going to really come to the fore. And again, I, like I said, it's not like we have any answers on this, but it was an interesting thing that I'm confident, 100% confident, no other real estate podcast is even talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll let the listeners uh, uh, agree with you why or not. Um, I, I'm just glad I got to use the word curtilage. That's that's that was favorite. that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, right out of my ass there. Yeah, huh? and and drone usage, right? Drone, yeah, too. There's other stuff too that's kind of connected, and then we'll sort of close this out. You know, one of the things I found when I was looking into this is like the Nest thermostat. Sure. The, all the Amazon devices, the Google Home stuff, and all this sort of smart. Well, we talked technology. about the Roomba last time, right? Correct. The Roomba, right? Yeah. All these, all this stuff. I mean, consumers are just buying and installing because it provides some value, and that's great. And some of these privacy-related blogs and privacy sort of companies and so on are talking about, you know, all this information is being captured and being sent to giant corporate databases, and they're monetizing your data, right? And fact is, what they'll say is you've consented to this yeah. because of the terms of use that nobody ever reads. Well, that's right? another thing. Like if, and I guess the, I mean, Zillow is a broker now, right? So sure, when you publish something on Zillow. When you click that button, you didn't read terms and conditions, right? Do they have rights to it now? Because of course they you know, do. So they can do. You can you you know even if the seller or the buyer contacts the listing broker and says take it down, it's like right. I, well I, I I already when I put it on Zillow, I gave them the right to the call Zillow. I mean, it's just right. it can be just a, a nightmare there. It right? becomes a nightmare, and then it becomes something of like okay, we might need government intervention here, which pains me because as you know, I'm an ANCAP, but yeah. And it's oh, just yeah. it's fast evolving. It's always the government coming in, Rob. At any hey, time. I, 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 I want a no state. Thank you. No state. However, even I have to look at it and go, yeah, I don't know if we're going to figure this out. Right. But it's just one of those areas where it's fast evolving. It's futuristic. We know that these privacy things are raising all sorts of issues in big tech. But most of these privacy things to date have to do with things like your social security number, you know, your personal information about the person. I've not seen one that's dealing with, are there any privacy rights or privacy concerns around the house? Well, you also bring in like, you know, if we want to do a, a full, a full Monty here, a trifecta. Um, Let's do it. The ownership, right? So you, you talk about these, you know, I think it was just Proppy just did something the other day where uh, an LLC becomes basically an NFT. And now you could basically almost hide ownership, mm -hmm. forget the details of the house, but who owns the house, right? right and there's right. ways of doing that now too, but right. you know, in, in the future, that thing, that could be much simpler too, right? Yeah, who knows? Who yeah. knows? But uh, anyway, I understand uh, for our listeners that this was probably really kind of esoteric and uh, <laughs> kind of out there, but it's really not, right? Because these are things that we're all dealing with as people, you know, as our, we live in the surveillance society, our phones are listening to us. Every website that go that you visit is collecting all sorts of data about you. Your car is collecting data about you. <clears throat> so we know this is a live issue. We know this is something that governments, organizations, people everywhere, thoughtful people, 
are just struggling with. Like, how do we deal with this? Oh, our cameras. I mean, everything. everything yeah, right. Jesus. <clears throat> it's just that for some reason, none of these things I've read so far have to do with this question of what about the house that you own? And there's something about that, man. It's not, it's not about my phone. It's not about some other thing that I own. It's not about my car, right? Mm-hmm. Something about the house is there's something deeply personal yeah. about yeah. that. And we just haven't seen that sort of come to the fore yeah. yet. Get off my property. Get off my lawn. Right? Yeah. And yet, I think it's something we're probably going to face. And I'm not saying we need to do anything about it now. But it's, you know, at some point, we'd love to get some MLS lawyers, maybe some vendors. Maybe, you know, let's share some ideas around this. Yeah. yeah. This would be a cool topic for some panel to discuss. Yeah. We can do it right after the death of the MLS panel. This, this will be- <laughs> Is there another one? Like, are you aware of any? Come on, it's you know there's going to be another one every every year. There's one, right? So anyway, well, this has been good, dude. Yeah. Well, thanks for uh, for staying on schedule, and uh, thanks to all of our listeners. If we were on YouTube, I would say smash that like button. But since we're not, share and uh, you know, go and give us good rating on every podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Give us a great rating. I always like, and I say this at the end, that also is make write a review. You know, yeah. just uh, that helps out a lot too. But um, been really great. Um, we're trying to keep this a once a week thing. That's right. And so um, and we right. got we've got. I think the thing we're discovering right now is that the guests that we want to have, it's there's a little bit of a a tail. We got to catch yep. up the head. We got to yep. catch up with the tail. So we'll have some other guests on here. You know what though? Like what I would love to hear from, and this happens periodically, but not often. So I would just love to hear what our listeners want to talk about. You know, what our listeners would have us just address. Yeah. You know? Because, you know, like we know what we're interested in, but maybe there's some burning questions out there from somebody, you know, that we're not, that no one's really touching on. No one's really going in depth about. The um, third rail topics that we don't know about. I like it. I, dude, at some point, we got to talk about pocket listings. At some point, we have to revisit that issue. You know, stuff like that. But whatever it is that's on your mind, if you're concerned about it, chances are we'll find it interesting. So let us know, you know, let us know. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Peace out, y'all. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Industry Relations. Rob and I both appreciate your support. If you can find the time, please visit wherever you listen to your podcasts and give us a five-star rating and write a quick review. It really does help the show. Thanks again. And from Rob and I, be good to each other.